Hey, it's Delvin. You might know me as the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to be listening to. This has come out to play. It's a New Warriors podcast based on the 1990s series, The New Warriors. The New Warriors ran 75 issues. And Jared, you might know him as Death Probe, possibly the yard sale artist. Jared and I are covering all 75 of these issues and we're doing it on YouTube channel. Since we have an awesome DJ and Pat Sampson, AKA DJ Cristados, he's gonna take these and he's gonna strip the audio from the YouTube recordings that we do every second Tuesday of the month, by the way, if you wanna listen there. He's gonna take those recordings and he's gonna just give you the audio recording. So if you're a little bit busy, like most people are from time to time, you have an extra opportunity to be able to just listen to the audio. So a little bit of a warning. It's going to be a little bit rough as, you know, some of the things are going to be comments and stuff that happen right in that moment. But you still get to listen to some New Warriors goodness. Have fun. And remember, New Warriors come out to play. Play, a New Warriors podcast, is streamed live in front of an internet audience. You can join in on the live stream and chat every second Tuesday of the month on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for and follow Longbox Crusade. You straight face me. You straight face me. Oh, and I was supposed to say, sorry, coming in. Act like we just came in, everybody. Hold on, hold on. All right. Get it right. Get it right. Hold on. Hold on. New Warriors come out to play. You got it. It's the best I have. I still don't have real bottles. We got to get you some real bottles down here in Enterprise. <laughs> Episode three, I still don't have real bottles. <laughs> that was sad. <sighs> Everybody, hello. Welcome to Come Out to Play, a new Warriors podcast. I'm Delvin. Some people call me the Dark Web. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In case you're new to the show, welcome. Come play with us as we talk about Marvel Comics, the new Warriors. But first, let me introduce my warrior in arms, my compadre. The Nova to my night thrasher. He is Jared Albrecht, aka Death Probe, also known as. You want to you want to play this the, the sound clip? I mean, I could okay. say it. Sure. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I've got nuts for sale. One for five, two for ten. If you buy rum, once you buy them again, selling nuts, hot nuts. You buy them from the peanut man. There you go. Mr. Hot Nuts himself. Like <laughs> <laughs> you when you said it at first, you're like, yeah, could you call me hot nuts? I'm like, no. No. And you're like, listen to the jingle, and I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you went to that, look, this has nothing to do with the show. I just want to know what why why? Why did you listen to this? How did you even find that? 
I uh, well, I posted the picture on Twitter. We bought a bag of hot nuts uh, for my son Jordan. I said, oh, so I posted a picture and said, I'm considering this as a new nickname. And someone put in the comments, then you got to be familiar with the song. That's how I found it. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so with that, hot nuts, welcome. Uh, hey, hey, Courtney says deep nuts. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. so uh, yeah, we're here to talk. We're here to talk new warriors. Yeah. And or hot nuts. We'll answer any questions or. in those yes. two categories. That's that's true. One 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 of two things are gonna uh, be discussed. If not both, mm-hmm. that's how diverse uh, of a group that we are. There. That's right. Hot nuts. Oh, <laughs> Rick Heineken said he showed it exclusively to hear hot nuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, thanks thanks for coming, Rick. Just for hot nuts, I do yeah. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a book to talk about, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I got to ask you a question. I just looked at the script. Yeah. Oh, every, yeah. Episode, oh. every episode, I'm supposed to ask you a question at the front. So yeah. once again, it's New Warriors related, and I feel like it will be fairly challenging to give you the whole cast of New Warriors. So I will cut it down to three New Warriors when I ask this question. Get your okay. time machine. Go back to 1990 when this book is on the shelf. And they think it's so great that they're going to do a TV show or a movie. Let's cast New Warriors with 1990s actors. Who are you going to play for Night Thrasher and Namorita? And let's do Nova. Oh, oh my goodness. Didn't see us from coming, did you? No, man. Good God in heaven. I thought it was going to be something like, what did you have to eat for lunch today? And I was like, oh, yeah, buddy. My oh, I came with the tough ones today, man. No, you did. I could have said I had for lunch. <laughs> Hot nut. I'm <laughs> sorry. I got distracted. Uh, I put a banner The up first there. person I thought of for Night Thrasher was Michael J. White. Oh, not bad. Yeah, and he would have been pretty young in 1990. And, and you want him young because it's just a young team. So that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Don't Michael bad. J. White. Okay. First person I thought for Nova was Brad Pitt. Okay. I was I first person jumped into my head was Johnny Depp in 1990 Johnny Depp, but Brad Pitt totally worked. They're interchangeable in 1990. You could put either one of those guys in there. I could see that. I could see that. And look, Courtney Courtney may have bailed me out because I was struggling for Namorita. She oh. says Winona Ryder. Oh, she agreed with me on the Johnny Depp too. I just saw that. Yeah, and, Winona Ryder would have been good. Hmm. I don't know. Who was a prominent, young, athletic actress hmm. from the 90s? Hmm. I'm going to have to look to Rick Heineken to help us with that one. Yeah, I am. I'm totally blanking <laughs> on a good name, Arita, and I feel, mm-hmm. I feel bad about it's, that. It's got to be one of those gals from the cast of Saved by the Bell. You, you got to be able to pick one of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, then let's see. Who was, who was Zach's main squeeze? Kelly LaPont. Kelly? No, <laughs> You're asking me to dig deep in the memory banks. <laughs> I, I know. I, know. You, I have you to blame for this. Who, I think not, Ke- not Kelly. Kelly was um um Mario Lopez, his girlfriend. <laughs> I th- and not Scre- Kelly. The other one. I'm just saying who was, in, who was in Showgirls. Oh, right, right, right. That uh, was, um, ah. Right? A question anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was okay. Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. Yes. But 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 not her. Right. Because of course you could always dye her hair. I mean, it right. would take a lot since she's like a brown or black haired um woman, but it, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Berkeley. She was the one that was in Showgirls. Scariest yes. movie of all time. 
<laughs> it was so bad. One of the very few movies I've ever actually never finished. I it just stopped so, it, and I was just like, no. <laughs> no. It was so bad that it like even is like I don't I don't no one even needs to be nude anymore. Can we just end? Can it end? Just. Yeah, I know the show is not about how bad Showgirls is, but I literally did. I had on VHS. That's how old we were. I literally clicked stop, eject, not rewind. I'm like, I'm not rewinding this. This is back in the rental case. <laughs> and Delvin, I was 19 years old. I was right. the target demographic right. for that movie. Frisky yeah. young man. But even then, I was like, no. <laughs> uh, Courtney once again helps us out and says, Elizabeth, it's Elizabeth Banks. I'll buy that. I don't remember. I'll buy that too. I'll buy that too. Uh, Kathy Kat- just came Kathy, on. She will know the answer. Kathy knows. Kathy, that. Know. yeah. Kathy, who played Kelly in Saved by the Bell? We could use some help there. Um, Courtney says it's Elizabeth Banks. I, I'm remembering Elizabeth something uh, blanking totally. Yeah. Anyway, while yeah, while we're while we're waiting on that, we don't have to keep people waiting to talk about New Warriors. I guess. No, I, I. You know what? I'll put up a graphic. Oh, there it is. Uh, I, I got to get through some boilerplate real quick. And I, that just, is, I just want to remind everybody that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and that is saying, come out to play as a chronicling of the 1990 series, The New Warriors. The first volume of New Warriors ran 75 issues. Jared and I will cover all of this first volume as I rediscover my love for the series and help Jared find his. Mm-hmm. And we'll share our love and joy with the listening audience. So grab your skateboards and bucket helmets. It's time to play. And as you can see right there, we're covering New Warriors issue three. <laughs> Stop it. I tried to help. All right. All right. Oh, man. Um, yeah, sorry. You, you, you distract me, Jared. Don't be. Um, yeah, we're talking about New Warriors issue three. And it's right here for everyone to see right there there in the middle it's blocking my face yeah you need to move to your right i think (laughs) i actually got it right the first time (laughs) hey i have no idea how proud i am of this all right yeah this is the cover for uh new warriors shoot three what do you think about it uh it's menacing it's real real menacing it's it's got the black background which makes it real dark it's got heavy shadow on the face of the uh is it matt mad thinker tinker I always get the Tinker and the Mad Thinker mixed up. Mad Thinker. Hold on, wait. I was doing Thinker. Yes. Mad Thinker looks especially menacing. It, it's um what what we call a symbolic cover because no, he's not going to become giant in the issue. It, it, it's it's him, you know, manipulating the team, having them in the palm of his hand, and it's artistically he looks very scary. This will probably be the most imposing the Mad Thinker is ever going to look. So it's a bright mm. moment for him. I think it's a really well done cover. I mean, I believe it's our boy. Um, Bagley again, so oh, it's Bagley. So I mean, yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah, you, you know how I feel about Bagley. I I can you know gush about Bagley all day. Um, if anything, I, I think for whatever reason on the face, a little bit over inked, maybe. Um, like my opinion. Well, it gives it it gives it a darker look, a more the menacing, the menace. Look. Yeah, I, this is going to throw us off. Play Jesse Spano, Elizabeth Berkeley. Did Play did Berkeley. I say it was Berkeley? I thought Possibly. I did. I think you did. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting derailed. <laughs> uh, and boom. You knew it was coming. All right, let's get back to the cup. <laughs> I'm just going to drink out of my sticker-free Auburn cup. <laughs> mm. Mm. 
So yeah, uh, but I I like it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 symbolic. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, of him having the team in the palm of the hands, but it get, it's a pretty cool opportunity to still have all of the team on there because as we've discussed with the X-Men, like, or the new X-Men, they made it a point, especially early on, to have every one of them on the cover because they weren't quite sure which ones were the ones that people really loved, which ones were the ones people didn't like as much. So you want to make sure to include them all on the cover. And, and they did a pretty good job of it. And, you know, no one was exactly in, you know, you had Namorita escaping from the clutches of anything. The damsel in distress pose may be, might be Night Thrasher, might be Marvel Boy on there. But, like, overall, I do like it. I think it was a good cover. Yeah, I also like the little banner across the top of the superhero sensation for the 90s and the very 90s color blue, which is really bright against the black background. It it definitely, definitely says 90s. Yeah, in a good way. Feels, in a good way. It, yeah, it feels like a very, even like with uh, the New Warriors logo and the, there's three colors. You got yellow, you got orange, and you have black. It seems very mm-hmm. confident mm-hmm. and bold. You oh. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm cool with that. We can rate the thing. We rate things one to ten here. Nightsticks. I'm not looking at the script, but, you know, <laughs> once again, I wanted to use Trunkians, but, like, you know, Jared did not know what that meant. Just, but Jared hasn't got bottles either, so. Uh, you know. I have a can of <laughs> <laughs> You know what he does have, though? Yeah. Hot nuts. Hot nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so one to ten, what would you rate the cover? Mm. Uh, this is our, our third cover. I'm still sort of figuring it out. I tell you what, I'm actually going to look to you for a little help. Since you know all the covers, I'd be interested in your input. It might help sway my decision in the scoring. What, what would you rate it? I'd rate it an eight. I think it's a good cover. Like, because, I mean, does it tell you what happens in the book? No. But would it entice you no. to get the book? Seeing if I could, especially if, you know, you had a dollar to burn and, you know, you want to jump on relatively soon or maybe your uh comic book guy was like dude like trust me this is going to be a good book like pick it up and you're like and you look at it he's like yeah i like this so i think it would entice me to want to buy it so i'm at an eight okay well that that does help because i was like is it a seven is it an eight like artistically i think it's real strong with the very menacing look of the mad thinker. And like you said, it doesn't show what happens in the book, but it metaphorically shows what happens in the book. So I like a good metaphorical cover. I, I'm going to join you. I think it's an eight. I, I like it artistically and I do like what it says, you know, like yeah. basically mad thinker is on the scene. He's got a palm of hands, you know, he may not be an A list villain, the first Marvel villain you think of, but like the way he's drawn in such a menacing way. I, yeah. I, I spin it on the spinner rack. I'd be like, okay, that's interesting. For yeah. some reason I get a very, uh, new teen Titans vibe or teen Titans vibe out of it, you know? And, and honestly, I think that might've been what Marvel was kind of going for. Cause teen Titans was selling like hot nuts <laughs> back in the, uh, they were, they were like the book for DC back in like the mid to late eighties. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Marvel might have been looking for some of that action with a younger team. And it just it feels like a uh, a Perez-style cover on Teen Titans. And that is a total compliment because we're talking about George uh, Maurice uh, Franconi Perez. <laughs> George Correct. Perez. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's all. That's my rant about it. it. It feels Teen Titans-y, and that is a compliment. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And Lord knows, I don't know if New Warriors ever made it to the level of popularity that the Teen Titans did, but can't blame them for trying, right? Yeah, we, we got a little bit of uh, Kathy says that she sees Khan in the facial expression and the hair. Um, oh, 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 I see from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see that too. Uh, he says the tricolor face weirds him out, but I think that's like supposed to weird you out. I think it's supposed to look creepy. It's interesting. The It looks like they lightened it up a little bit looking at the uh, the internet one, the one that you pulled off of Marvel Unlimited. That is from Marvel yeah, Unlimited. They do yeah. recolor. Everything on Marvel Unlimited is recolored. So, yep. You have the, the paper mm-hmm. handy? Yep, I do. Yeah, yeah, it does look a little darker. Yeah. Especially in the hair. Mm hmm. And that was going to be my one comment. Like, if you're going to do a sort of a die cut, I'm getting comic cover creator nerdy here. You know, um, if you're going to do, right, go do a die color thing, like uh, Auburn Elvis pointed out, he's got a, he's got some white, he's got some some flesh tone, and he's got black. Um, if you're going to do that in the face, do it in the hair too. The hair needs some some dark brown um, low lights, I guess, not highlights, but it needs some dark brown. His shirt needs a little bit of dark blue. Like basically, they they did sort of a a multicolored face, and I kind of wish they'd done that to all parts, and it would really make it pop. Then again, we know there's a schedule to be made, so the colors are probably doing the best they could. <laughs> yep. What we'll do next time, we'll make sure to get cover credits, because I, I know Bagley drew it. I knew it just by the style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll double-check next time just to make sure um, who get, who did cover credits. I'll and see if Mike's Amazing World has that next they time. They usually do. Um Rick agrees with me on the hair needs some love. Uh, but yeah, they usually they usually have the cover credit. It's usually you see all the information on the left, it's over on the right of Mike's mm-hmm. right under the picture of the cover, conveniently. Yeah. Well, I did pull some credits for the book. You want to well, read those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I got accurate credits this episode. Three episodes in, it's time for me to have some accurate credits. I'm nervous. Here we go. We're gonna do New Warriors three. It's on sale date was the 24th of July, 1990, but its cover date was September of 1990. The story is by Fabian Nicieza. Pencils are Mark Bagley. Inks by Larry Malstead, uh, who I'm not familiar with, by the way. That's a new name for me. I mean, except, you know, for here. Um, and, and they're good. Uh, anyway, colors is Andy Yankus or Yankus. Uh, letters, Michael Eisler, Heisler. Somewhere in there. And the yep. editor is Danny Fingeroth. And that's thanks to Amazing World. And Delvin, underneath that cover is a story. Yeah, I should probably read that story. And here it is. Page one. It starts. No, no, I actually can't. <laughs> He's not going to literally <laughs> read it. Oh, wait, I was late on this banner. That was your look at the creative team. Now that I've used the banner, I can go to the next banner for story review and pat sampson has entered the chat what's up pat you're just in time for the synopsis gene tech the genetics firm that's been around since issue one is interested in using the powers and abilities of the new warriors for their own purposes probably to create super soldiers uh, probably to create super soldiers these companies always do this type of stuff this company hired the matt thinker and his technological construct primus to do the digging this would probably be a great opportunity to do some sort of Primus pun, but the only Primus song I could think of off the top of my head is Winona's Big Brown Beaver. And to be honest, I never really liked Primus that much. Their music sounds like a jam band on speed, and if I'm honest, I don't really like jam bands. 
None of this has anything to do with the story. Okay, I was wondering. <laughs> what does have to do with the story is Matt Thinker and Primus reach out to all the new warriors separately to lure them back to the place where they first formed as a team. Little nuggets of information to be revealed for future storylines were shown, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Once the team does get together, the Mad Thinker reveals what's what. The ultimate takeaway is that the New Warriors finally fully commit to making a go of it as a team, solving the issues of the real world, and it looks like they have a place they want to start. Gene Tech. And we're going to talk about it now. So, Jared, start with something good you liked, hate, or something in between on the book, man. Well, all right. I'll do exactly that. <clears throat> I will put up a page, and it's page one. It's a nice little splash page of the crew and their fighting juggernaut on a screen, and people are discussing them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, is that juggernaut fight, is that the one from Thor? It is. Okay. It's from their, um, from their introduction into the comic book world as a team. Okay. What I like about this right off the bat is, well, well, Delvin, let me ask you a trivia question after 25 years of friendship. Sure. Uh, what's Jared's favorite movie franchise? James Bond. Correct. And so what's that have to do with this? Uh, are you saying that this is Spectre-esque? It's very James Bondy Spectre-esque, yeah. These guys sitting around in their chairs, and they're obviously plotting and scheming. And, and what I like about it is what's not James Bond about it is Fabian Iciesa doesn't have, like, the guy standing at the podium, although I think there is a guy standing at the podium, but just, like, explaining every little detail of their master plan. It's all just sort of hint, like, why is Gene Tech so interested and... And, and yeah, they're kind of talking about how they can leverage these things. Like, how exactly are you going to leverage these things? And mm-hmm. like you said, you know, it's probably to make like a super villain team or something like that, or or to market their own heroes or or you know some money making scheme. I'm quite certain. But it all had a very Spectre and James Bondian flair, which I like. So I, that is my first positive comment. My first comment is just overall. I was there are a lot of words in this book. Are you laughing at the little nuggets comment? Yes, I'm sorry. I saw little nuggets. <laughs> and then Kathy called him out and said she needs that full story. <laughs> Just for people who want to see it. There you go. Pat said little nuggets. And then Kathy followed up with that. I'm sorry. Oh, back to the show. I get so distracted by the chat. It's easy to the, I saw it. I just, I, and I laughed, but you were in the middle of your, uh, uh my, my James Bond discussion. You're in the middle of your spiel. <laughs> my spiel is just on the book overall. There were a lot of words in this book. Like, yeah. At, at first blush, I would have thought that the book would have been about, you know, a 30 page book or something, you know, not like 22 story pages, but somehow it was, a decent amount of words, you know, exposition and all that, but like the art had an opportunity to shine through as well. So I, I just a very good team up between Fabian and Mark on that because Fabian apparently really had a lot of groundwork that he wanted to lay out in this story. And somehow all, all those words got out, but Mark Bagley did a great job. And I should say Larry Malstead did a great job of making sure that the art still came through crystal clear the entire time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I will express a small frustration. We're not talking a Claremontian frustration with this book. (laughs) Small frustration for me, which was, you know, it was was abundantly clear what was like. We got the Spectre scene and then we got like the mad thinker going to visit so-and-so and and playing his card. Right. And then he went to visit so-and-so and and play his card. And I was like, we're going to watch him play this card with every member of the team. (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is getting it got a little tedious 
although, although the only thing that really kind of saved it for me was a couple of nuggets of things that I kind of stood out to me yeah. along the way. And I do have screenshots for those, so we can circle back to those if you want to later. We um, could do it now, actually. Okay. Or, yeah. Let's see what other screenshots I took. Uh, no, not that's not what I was looking for. That is that one? Yeah, that's one. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. This is the most charming <laughs> thing I've ever seen in comics. That Speedball has a cat that has his same powers. Yeah, I was like that is awesome. Yeah, Niles Skull has got to be all over this man. <laughs> Niles the bouncing cat. Yes, absolutely. I've never heard of that before in my life, and I was like, wait a minute, this cat has the same powers as Speedball. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this point in the year of our Lord, Stanley twenty twenty one. <clears throat> excuse me, I bet, I bet somebody could come up with at least a six-issue run of Niles. <laughs> Niles, I, I, I'd like to give it a shot. Oh, there you go, there you go. Update, update, late-breaking news. And the pet of I didn't know that. That's Man. awesome, see? Airball instead of speedball. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it is. I'm very That's tickled awesome. over this concept. And Kathy's right there with me. <laughs> Jason, Jason needs all cats. That's really cool. Okay, so we got some updated material that this cat is in the Pet Avengers named Hairball. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Uh, any other one struck out to you? Sure, sure. Let me grab my little screenshots here. This one right here. Mm. Wow, this one was fun and wacky with a super-powered cat. This one was dark. This was mm. this was uh, domestic abuse um, and justice not standing forward anymore if I, I don't know if he's going by justice right now <laughs> i forgot I, he's nope. going he, he, yeah. astro uh, he is marvel boy marvel Nance boy Astrovic. and uh yeah he's not he's not taller he is like this is we see the moment where he stands up to his his abusive father you know and that's a that's a heavy heavy topic there um but it stood out to me as like okay um you know, all characters have a different background, and and this one will probably explain some things and decisions in the future for Vance, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you're right. It went from, I mean, Speedball had some issues too, but his and it's he has some domestic issues. His mom and dad wouldn't stop arguing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then they're kind of upset with him because you know they like they were you know felt like he was skipping out on stuff and everything. And then also, it's worth adding, his mom said, well, I'm going on this three-month thing with, hold on, might be worth noting the name here. Let me flip. Let me flip. I'll get there in a second. She's going off Project three months with Project Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing that but a might re- domestic that might terrorist re- organization if I ever saw one. Mm-hmm. That's what the yeah. dad said. Yeah. <laughs> Dad said it. They were arguing about it. So there's that. But then you got Vance here. And apparently somewhere in Vance's past, um, Mr. Astrovic had a, a problem putting his hands on him, possibly his wife. Not good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, this time, yeah. Yeah. And this time Vance stood up for himself. Mm-hmm. He used his telekinetic powers to push him up against the wall. It's like we're not doing this anymore. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I, I noticed it. I didn't know if the dad was abusive towards the mom as well, but you know, usually if he's if he's beating his son, he's probably beating her too. So 
That's a tragic thing, but uh, it's very uh, sort of Flash Thompson esque, um, and uh, you know, it's it's sad, but uh, yeah, it'll definitely add some layers to the character. It will. It will. It's uh, definitely a big part of where uh, Vance comes from and how his character will be evolving over the course of this series. Was there anything else? Uh, let's see. What other panels did I grab? Um, well, we can kind of talk. That's like the last panel. We can talk about that when we get to the end. The yeah, other one talk. I grabbed was was this one. And I just grabbed this one because it literally had the guy at the podium kind of explaining what's going on and making the mad thinker and his like gold buddy who's mildly amusing um, kind of a moment for them, kind of setting the, the stage for what's to come. The, the um, then, like I said, from there they go from hero to hero to hero to hero. And the only thing I didn't like aside from like realizing this was going to get real tedious because it was just going to be sort of that without anything. And, the, and I don't think they did anything to break it up. It was like, okay, now the next one, now the next one, now the next one. Mm-hmm. Had this been an amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, at least we would have gone to see, you know, J. Jonah Jameson have a heart attack in his office or something between. <laughs> but it was like, so that, that pacing got a little tedious. And then like, I kind of had to laugh when he, he would drop his little riddle for each one. The, the place that's the second most important place to you meet me there Friday at 10. Like how, how do you know what the second most second? <laughs> that guy's probably down at the Chuck E. Cheese at 10 o'clock on Friday wondering what the hell's going on. Like the place where you finally found your confidence, you know, there's like, I, I don't mm-hmm. know when I first learned to ride my bike when I was seven. Like they were all so like vague. I was like, these are the worst clues ever. I would not have made it to the right place at the right <laughs> time based off of these clues. But well, somehow <clears throat> he pulled it off. You know, I want to defend want to defend it, but then you know how terrible I am with lists. You, you can tell me to make a top two, and I would probably stop at one. No, I'm not good at lists. <laughs> now, I will say this much, that the Matt Thinker did, you know, he his job was to research mm-hmm. each one of the new warriors. And it's so, he, yeah, he made mention that he did do that, that he did do his research on them. And so I guess because of that research, it was inferred or you could infer that the clues that he laid out were going to lead them to one destination or the other. I suppose I got Albert Elvis agreeing with me, which is always a nervous place to be. But he also agreed <clears> the clues were dumb and it ended this with this bit of wittiness in <laughs> five different places waiting around. Um, I will interject something from the chat. From Scooniel, if I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. Scooney. From Scooney, Scooney said that he thought the pacing was intentional because they're not really a team anymore after the way number two ended. Ovian says that he hadn't heard from Thrash in three weeks. Correct. Fair, fair enough. I mean, I did get the feeling that they hadn't been hanging out for a while, but still, I think those were bad clues. <laughs> yeah, they hadn't hung out in a while, um, and it looks like Thrasher had his reasons for that. Uh, Scoonie wants to be called Scott. We should I really, all call I really like Scoonie, but all right, we'll respect that. Call him Scott. Yes, respect the man's name. Um, and so saith hot nuts. <laughs> so saith hot nuts. Oh my, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I I do get that. What else? What else do you have? Um, those were my bugaboos. Was just the pacing and the really weird clues. Other than that, um, we did get the insight into each one. I, I guess I liked the mad thinker getting a bit of spotlight. Cause like I said, remember last issue when his name came up and I was like, 
Fantastic Four villain question mark? And I guessed right, but that was like as much as I knew about him. Like he's not an A-list Marvel villain by any means, but the way he's written here, he's um he's got a lot going on. And mm-hmm. someone even mentioned in the chat about how when he was listening in to Vance's domestic problems that he considered intervening. And like so he's not like a bad guy to the core. Um, so I don't, he just felt layered to me, like not just to, not just to throw away, let's use the mad thinker for an issue and, you know, throw him away. It seems like he's more invested in this than, than maybe he has been used in the past. Well, I'll also say this much. Most of the book was narrated by the mad thinker. It was yep. not narrated by say night thrasher or Nova. And that kind of gives you a hint almost to, you know what I'm saying? Well, we don't know this team much yet. Uh, so much so we, we're not even giving you a voice of the team yet. So I thought that that was a kind of interesting, interesting plot device to take. Because, I mean, that's that's a kind of bold choice. And I don't know how often in the early 1990s they were letting villains be the spotlight of the book. And if anything, Matt Thinker was at least a villain but they gave the villain the spotlight in a team book to do the narration to, so you could find out all of this stuff about the team. Yeah. I feel like that in an editing room with all the writers and editors sort of sitting around and doing their, you know, probably quarterly brain trusts at Marvel. Uh, you know, they're like, how's that new warriors book coming there, Fabian? And he's like, good, good. You know, I'm ready to, to bring in a manipulative sort of villain to really run my next story arc. Mm-hmm. Can I get Dr. Doom? No, man. No, we're using him for that. What is Magneto available? Nope. Red Skull? Nope. Can I, you know, 45 minutes later, mad <laughs> thinker. You got it, Fabian. And, and the wonderful thing about that is, is that happens to a lot of people on junior books and really good writers can make those things work. And he made yeah. it work. <clears throat> it's just like Auburn Elvis said, it's revealed on the last play, page or second to last page that this Mad Thinker's actually been a, a droid or an LMD or a robot or whatever this whole time. Mm-hmm. And apparently Mad Thinker's in jail and he's just projecting his mental, <laughs> mental thoughts. And like, that's another yep. cool layer. Yeah. Um, and you're right about that, Jared, because one thing that can happen is at this point, even heck in the 90s, but especially now, like if Dr. Doom comes in your book, Dr. Doom's going to do Dr. Doom things because it's Dr. Doom. Uh-huh. And so, if, you know, he can come across and he can say some some awesome line or he can do some awesome thing. You're like, yeah, I, I expect that. But if you have the Matt Thinker come across as someone who is a little diabolical, someone who's just a little bit ahead of the heroes, it almost, I mean, it, it adds gravitas to the Matt Thinker, but it adds gravitas to the book almost to where you're like, well, why are they elevating this person to this higher level? It's it's almost like the equivalent of like if in wrestling, if, you know, they take someone who's been an underdog for all this time and then all of a sudden that underdog starts beating some of the higher tier people and you're like, whoa, what's going on? And it's because they developed the storyline and it made it even better because it was all the more unlikely. Yeah, uh, Albert Ellis chimed in when we were discussing. Doctor Doom sucks out of the air of the room, and in a way, it does. Uh, he's one of those villains that, frankly, I think he's cooler than the Fantastic Four. So, like, I'd rather follow his story than theirs. Sometimes <laughs> I know that may be wrong, but but it kind of goes to Elvis's point, though. When Doctor Doom shows up, it almost becomes a Doctor Doom story. Sure, 
And (laughs) if you would have had a Dr. Doom, say, in place of the mad thinker here, it could have been a Doom bot, right? But would Dr. Doom have sucked all of the air out of the room just to use Auburn? Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Doom at this point completely would overshadow any of the new warriors individually and probably even together as a team. So that makes the selection of the Matt thinker, even, uh, even a better choice. Other couple things that I have one question and it might've been addressed in the book. And I just don't remember What's the name of that golden dude that's hanging out with him. Primus Primus. Oh, the, oh right. The, that's his name from the band. You didn't like, he's kind of cool. And, um, I noticed that uh, Midnight's Fire got one more shout out in here. They mentioned him again uh, at the front of the book somewhere. They talked about how uh, the thing that went down with Midnight's Fire, and I still got a kick out of that. You know, not a lot of people with possessive noun in their name. Although, uh, since last episode, uh, Auburn Elvis did some digging, as he tends to do, and reminded me of the hero, or well, no, hero, anti hero. Anyway, the character, Death's Head. Death's I was Head. Like, I was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that's right. That was another one. I was reminded of a, there was a image book back in the day called Dooms 4. I don't know if that counts or not. Oh, was it one guy named Dooms 4? I have no idea. Oh, that's the question. I think it was the name of the team, oh, okay. but I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I just love that name. Midnight's Fire. I got to see it one more time in this book. But yeah, like Primus was definitely interesting. Like is Primus, this is my lack of knowledge on the Mad Thinker, and luckily we've got Scott, who seems to know a lot in here. He says Primus recently appeared in the current Juggernaut series. Like, is, is, is Primus and the Mad Thinker sort of a classic duo? Do they work together a lot, or is this relatively new team-up? I don't know. Looks like, because um, one of the things that I mentioned in the book, I don't know if Marvel Unlimited does the um, editor's notes. Um, on one of the first appearances, it mentioned that And Captain America 210 and then 276 through 279, Primus made other appearances. Uh, Mm. So it looks like Primus does have a history within the Marvel Universe. But yeah, my question is, is it attached to the Mad Thinker? Oh, they do that. That I don't know. I think so. But I don't know. Like any time that I saw them together was in the New Warriors. And in the New Warriors, they were always together. But... Um, separate from the New Warriors, I'm not sure, Jared. I don't know. Mm. I also am a big fan of Namorita's self-confidence as she thinks to herself. It's tough to concentrate on school when you have much as much moolah as I do, <laughs> as well as good looks and nifty little wings on your ankles. I'm like, well, she's brimming with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Namorita is Namorita's biggest fan, apparently. <laughs> you know, there is there's nothing wrong with knowing what you got, I guess. I guess but not. But, but, but you can go too far with that. Absolutely. You can be overconfident thinking, well, I'm rich and you know, I got wings on my feet and I'm strong and nobody can touch me. Like, you know, you know, you know she reminds me of Namor. Prince Namor. <laughs> Prince Namor. Nobody can tell him nothing. Yeah. You know, it's a, that's a reason to not like him because he is kind of brash and overconfident, but it's also kind of reason to like him because he like, he, he sees no one as his equal. He's like Guy Gardner in that way. Harvard. There's several people who could beat his butt, but he has that, that charming confidence that no one can yeah, take. No. <laughs> yeah, now, I don't know if Namorita feels that much about herself, but I definitely feel that she feels that she is above the fray of her normal life, that she has kind of let herself become a part of. We went away from it, but I definitely also want to mention 
Uh, you mentioned Midnight's Fire, and that Midnight's Fire mention was when Dwayne, when Night Thrasher was sitting there mm-hmm. with Silhouette. Silhouette She's not going away. She's not going away. Well, I've seen, her on the, I've seen her on the poster in your room. She's not going away. <laughs> That's true. She <laughs> is in the poster in my room. And it might stand a reason that if she didn't go away, maybe Midnight's Fire. Oh, we haven't seen it. the last of him either. Oh, he'll be back. He'll be back with the dogs. Full speed ahead. Yeah. As they would say yeah. to Dr. No. He's I like, mean, if you ask me, and I know we're going way off the rails here, but that's part of the charm of this show that I don't know anything about the comic. Like Midnight's Fire, I he's he's a cool and sort of charming villain. Not charming personality-wise, but just memorable, I guess is a good word for him. Like he would definitely be one that I, I think would be cool if he turned a corner and actually joined the team as a good guy. Because he, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of had that like. Was he going to kill that cop? He said he wasn't. I right. just didn't know. So it's like, he does he have the potential to be a good guy who just took a wrong turn? You know, kind of like Sandman did with the Avengers. You know, he joined the Avengers in the 90s. You know, I think he'd be cool if he could take a turn and, and become part of the team. Um, that would add an interesting dynamic with his sister and, and Night Thrasher. But I don't know if it'll ever happen. He might just be too, too good of a core villain at this point. I don't know. Yeah, to do a little comic flex, Sandman also has been a part of Silver Sable's mm. little team, the Wild Pack there. Uh, if I'm going to shove my comic book glasses mm. off a little bit, they're sliding. What's up, Blasted or Stash It? Um, hey, hey, Wild Pack is one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, by the way. Nice. Is that Wild Boys? Yeah, my bad. That's going yes. to get Kathy Spring. But, but. <laughs> I remember that video. That video was really cool. Um, <laughs> oh, crap. What was I going to say? We got... Uh, oh, talk about Midnight's Fire hit potentially coming back. We talked Sandman Flex. That's what I was going to say. In that little vignette with Night Thrasher. Mm. I mean, Night Thrasher, you know... Like, I'm looking I, at I, it. Actually, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Like, you, like you, you questioned the pacing, but I, I did like that we got to see a little bit about each of the characters in action. And in this case, uh, Primus, he was disguised as someone, but he threw like a throwing star or something and silhouette intercepted it in midair first. That was really cool. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. like, look, like so silhouette's kind of a BA there. And mm-hmm. then like night thrasher, like first, like could have been like, hey, what's going on? Let's talk about this. Jumped immediately into action, then immediately got his butt kicked, and then <laughs> then jumped from the rubble and was like, I'll kill you. I'm reading it right now. I'm gonna kill you in big bold letters. So and she's I'm like, um, up. he left. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like good thing that he left because he probably would have just continued to whip up on poor Dwayne. <laughs> And the question that I have or comment is, it doesn't seem like Dwayne right now is too far from Midnight's Fire, right? Yeah, like, he's got issues. Like, I mean, it looks like for whatever reason, there's a line that Dwayne won't cross morally. But at the same time, I mean, yes, it's a it's a figure of speech to say, man, I'm going to kill you. Like, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what the man thinker said, too. Basically, he's like. Yeah, it's verified. This guy doesn't have any powers unless you count anger as a power. <laughs> He's really angry. <laughs> yeah. Super angry. And then even at the end, when they finally formed, one of the things that, I mean, uh, Night Thrasher mentioned four things as far as them being a team. And he said, if we're going to do it, oh, that's the last page. You can bring it up. 
Oh, uh, let me do that. Go to uh, brand and click and look at there. He says, if we're going to do it, then let's do it right. Organization, planning, strategy, anger. And I yeah. know just where to start. Yep. Oh, yeah. It seems like, at least for right now, that anger is a defining feature of Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Of Night Thrasher. And I don't know. I, I, I guess I can say this as a, as a guy in his 40s. You know, anger can only get you so far. You know, you can carry that. You can carry that. But you can't be angry all the time. It doesn't work. You burn out. You're, you get exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where Dwayne goes. I mean, we're only three issues in. We have, we've gotten to know a little bit about him. But if there's one thing that you could say about about Dwayne is he's angry. He's angry. So we've talked Dwayne. We've talked Namorita. A little bit about Speedball and his cat. Cat, yes. Talked a little bit about Marvel Boy. Is it worth mentioning Nova? I I guess. He still seems the, sort of the most generic. He's... The only thing he had going on in his life was like like nothing, right? Like didn't he like, <laughs> like he like uh quit his gym and then he lose his job or something like that? Yeah. So he got he fired from McDonald's. Mickey, he was working at Mickey D's. Yeah. Uh, Mickey D's nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like uh he's he's somehow now he's, he's got a ponytail, you know, it's very nineties. Yeah. Got a midriff shirt on. Yep, showing off the guns. People do that now. I've never been that type of person. Like, I'm not a small dude, but you'll never catch me in a tank top. Oh, Auburn, Auburn Elvis loves it. He loves the muscle shirt costume. Oh, wait, no, it says sucks. I thought it said uh, rocks. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Got it. Looking at some comments from Scott. Said Midnight's Fire design always reminded me of some of the figures in the old G.I. Joe Ninja Force line. Oh, that's, that's actually valid. You know, being a big joke collector, I totally see that. Yes. And he also has, in fairness, <laughs> everybody at my gym ran around his feet I quit too. And, and, and see, this begs the overall question. Yes. And maybe this is a hint to this. This is a question that I've asked, you know, Delvin and I have discussed since college. Like, okay, you got Nova or Spider-Man. Um, can they get stronger if they work out? Does Nova need to work out? I mean, his power set is strength. And, and I've always had that same question. I, I usually ask it around Spider-Man. If he works out, can he be stronger? Or is he just as strong as he's going to be, no matter what? It's just a sort of a nerdy, you know, comic question. Well, back in the day, which was a Wednesday, which was a Wednesday. Um, <laughs> they said that Spider-Man, as a teenager, was still growing and he would get stronger. So, and and that actually can be evidence because if you remember, like in Crusader Chronicles, there is him fighting the Kingpin. And even though he was somewhat hurt, Kingpin just walloped him, just yeah. put a beating on him. Yeah, this is that about was, Amazing Spider-Man 198-ish for people who are just listening now. Right. And, and Spider-Man, they're past the 850s now. Maybe they're into the 860s. Spider-Man, if he wanted to go toe-to-toe with Kingpin, he would wipe the floor with him. I would have so, been so. You know, there's that. But like when it comes to Nova... I think that, you know, he had already, he had separate from the gym, he, he decided that, well, no, I don't need to go to the gym anymore because I got my powers back. So I, yeah, looks, I'm learning that. It looks like Nova, at least at this point, had a capped off level of strength that was pretty immensely strong. He was a very strong, very fast superhero, but they're also still trying to define exactly who he is because they're like, well, what Nova is he? He's Kit Nova now? Yeah. Uh, he was Nova before? Yeah, so yeah. 
it looks like, you know, Fabian is working through some continuity stuff going on there. Yeah, there was a real good comment in the chat that helped me out from Scott. Um, he is as strong as he's going to be, but he just got his powers back recently. And he was at the gym uh, before that trying to make up for the loss of his power. So that's why he had a membership. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because uh, that makes a ton of sense. What doesn't make sense is guy's super powered. If the gym's not going to be a challenge for him, he doesn't need to be there. That makes right. sense uh, a ton, Scott. So thank you. I think that's what you were hinting at there, Delvin. Yeah, I'm going to need Scott to stop saying reasonable stuff like that. It's making us look bad. Well, me. We we can send you a link if you want to get in on the chat. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, man. Your stuff has been super awesome. Thank you for all your comments on that. I think we got through all the team. Wait, no. We we missed Firestar. And that's kind of funny that we bring her up last. Because right now, I would say that in some sense... She's not as significant. At least she she doesn't even see herself that way. Yeah. She just kind of looks like she wants to live the, is it high school or college girl life? Something like that. Yeah. And yeah, she's a little not terribly interesting right now in in the story, but in a grander sense, she's a character I kind of gravitate to because I know her. Like I've read her mini series. I know her from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. <laughs> I should never look at the chat in the middle of a thought. That's funny. It is funny. <laughs> Kathy with the crack ups. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so and, and like I said, in a sense, she's one I gravitates towards since I have read her comic, um, that miniseries she had in the eighties and I know her from the cartoon, but seems like she's, Fabian's kind of figuring out what he wants to do with her. She said something that I was like, are you kidding me? And that was she got in the car with her friends and she said, and then again, who needs stupid superpowers when I could just live a regular life like anyone else? No. <laughs> no, if I had microwave powers and I could fly around, are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd fly around and microwave shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> I just that that sounds like a pretty dang cool thing, but of course. You know, as a teenager, a lot of times you are more concerned with being normal and being just like your friends. And only later you find out how not important any of that is. And it's more about being yourself and finding out who you are. And I agree. I don't think Firestar has really figured out who she is just yet. It's worth mentioning that in order to find out the information that the Matt Finker did about Firestar is that he went to the same places that Dwayne did to find out about Firestar and tripped all sorts of alarms. That might rear its ugly head later on. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, by that point in the story, I was just kind of getting a little bogged down in the, I was just kind of reading it. I remember it did say tripped alarms, but that didn't stick with me. But now that you say it, I remember. Didn't trip any alarms, but hey, you <laughs> haven't read through Hey, oh, you haven't read through the series yet. Uh, I have to do my foreshadow just like I do with Amazing Spidey sometimes. But we have covered pretty much everything, everything, I think. We run the gamut on this book. And I I know we keep the show right about an hour. And so we're right at 53 minute point. Uh, I think I know what that means. Yeah. We got uh, two segments there. Very good job on the ones and twos, Jared. I don't even need the script for this. Ultimate Warrior. Let's talk about who stood out the most in the book to you. Who Who's that for you? I am going to give the Ultimate Warrior in this one to 
uh, Vance Astro's dad. No, I'm just kidding. That guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> just want everybody to go <gasps> for just one second. No, I'm going to give the ultimate warrior actually the mad thinker because, you know, C-level, D-level bad guy that I almost know nothing about. And all of a sudden he's kind of interesting and clever and uh, deeper than a lot of villains that I've I've met before. So, yeah, Mad Thinker gets a little moment to shine in this one. And while I smile at Auburn Elvis saying that Silhouette is his ultimate warrior for being um, a magician <laughs> with the chopsticks, I'm with you. I do think it's the Mad Thinker as well. Um, I like that there was a depth to him. He mm-hmm. was kind of like, I'm doing this corporate thing. Uh, I really don't want to, but they're paying me a lot of money. I'm interested in these, you know, these warriors of the 90s. Let's see what they're about. And then once he kind of like gained, you know, their character was like, well, look, I'm going to tell you exactly what it was that I was doing. And like, I did do my job. They paid me. I gave them the information, but I didn't tell them who you are. But like he found himself really on their side and they're, their development and for now it it didn't even seem like he was doing it for sinister reasons it seemed like Mm -hmm. he was doing it just because he was really interested in who and what the team uh really is really are are going to be so that 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 was cool and that leaves the ultimate warrior or warrior warrior (laughs) who are we worried about (laughs) who are we worried about well there's a few people i'm worried about i'm worried about Nova perhaps sticking with that stupid tank top uniform. (laughs) (laughs) I'm worried about Firestorm, even though her uh, Firestorm, Firestar, even though her uniform is on point, by the way, she's got a great looking. Oh, geez. Uh, Of course, worried about Dwayne going to get his life together. Uh, Okay. Ultimate warrior. I guess right now I am most worried about um, Vance Astrovic and the Mm. boy because of his home situation. I'm have great concerns there. Um, you know, he seems to be struggling with his powers. Just moving his dad made his nose bleed. Um, so his powers are questionable. They even referred to him as like a low-level telekinetic. Doesn't really belong here kind of, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So that's who I'm worried about. I'm, you know, I, I don't think he's a bad character. That's just who I'm worried about. I think I'm worried about Dwayne still. Yeah, like, you should be. <laughs> it's like, good God, man. You know, someone just came in as, you know... Hi, well, welcome to Chinese restaurant. Might take your order. I'll kill you, <laughs> dude. We got oh. we got a special today is um, orange chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that will be great. Thank you. <laughs> Can I get some soy sauce? Easy, <laughs> tranquilo, my friend. Tranquilo. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't have that second level yet, and. Again, I just don't think that anger as a strategy long term can mm. be sustained. Mm-hmm. Like you can do it when you're young, but uh, the, ain't none of us stand young forever. You know what I'm saying? So, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm a little bit worried about uh, Night Thrasher. And that leaves rating issue three of the New Warriors. What would you rate it? You know what? I'll start. Go I'll ahead. let you. I'll, this is one of the issues that people really, really talk about when it comes to the new warriors, just and how novel the approach was. And okay. it definitely sets the table for the storylines to come probably at least the next two years worth of storylines. Uh, it was well done. It was well drawn. 
Uh, I'm at the same level that I was at the cover. I'm giving it an eight. I think it was good. I think it was a good story. I think it got, got me engaged. I think it asked or left a lot of questions unanswered, which you would have to come back in future months. And that is a good uh, table setter. I think we talked about an issue one. One of the things that you were worried about uh, was that uh, it didn't really give you that cliffhanger to come mm-hmm. back and reissue two. Mm-hmm. I think issue three definitely did. Mm-hmm. It yeah, three definitely has- raised questions to bring you back yes. to the book. Yes, I agree. You gave it an eight? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, thinking seven uh, for the similar reasons. I like the cliffhanger. I really like the layers of Mad Thinker. You know, if you had asked me a week ago, you know, frankly, would I ever give a crap about the Mad Thinker? I'd be like, no. I mean, I remember last ep- episode we talked about, it, I was like, Mad Thinker's coming up next. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, all right. But yeah. he's done a good job. I like it when a writer does a good job and elevates a character. Little bit of the pacing issues. Thought those riddles were stu- super stu- stupid that he left with them. Uh, so I had it at a seven. Um, definitely interested in the more and good art. So I could I could go eight for for future interest in the high quality of the Bagley art right now. Yeah, we're getting on okay. Seven or eight. Now even even on the Joe live stream, we can't, we can't we can't do halfsies. Um, Joe November was here. I'd give it a seven point five, or he probably yeah. would. Um, but right, I was feeling seven, and you've kind of you've talked me into an eight. Okay, all right. I think we're at a good point of the book there. And we have anything to discuss from the comments? Um, looks like uh, Ultimate Warrior for Auburn Elvis was Silhouette. We talked about that. His warrior was Primus. He needs to find a better friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, Scott's concerned about Dwayne basically stalking Silhouette. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a maybe man on a, 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 yeah man on a mission, possibly endearing in 1990. <laughs> completely stalkerish. 31 years later. Yes. Absolutely. So anyway, that's what I picked up from the chat. All right, cool. Well, in that case, bye. <laughs> okay, fine. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I should I should pimp out other stuff that we do. Uh, next month we're doing issue surprise surprise four, where we're going to be talking about the new warriors versus Gene Tech. That doesn't seem like fun. Hmm. Superpower team against a bunch of old men. We'll see. Surely Gene Tech. Huh? We'll see what happens. Yeah, surely Gene Tech has a group of their own to fight the Warriors, right? You would think. You'd think. Maybe they're called Cyanex. I don't know. Maybe you're talking out of my butt here. But if you'd <laughs> like to hear more from us, the Longbox Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, most podcatchers, to include Spotify at www.longboxcrusade.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon. Just search Longbox Crusade and you will find us. And as you can see, we have a uh, YouTube channel, excuse me, and uh, do a live stream that's once a month. That's normally every second Sunday, but there are exceptions. And the exceptions is something like, oh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Time to spend time with your mom. Mm-hmm. And um, we skipped this past Sunday, but we will be doing it live stream this Sunday uh, at 4.30 Eastern right yep. here. Yep, 3.30 Central. and we'll 3.30 be Central. Continuation of Pat's interview from last uh, episode, which was actually a lot of fun. Pat was just asking us all questions and 
We had a good time with that, and he's got a few more questions for us. So it'll be almost like an Ask Us Anything episode. So stop by to find out more about your favorite Longbox Crusade hosts, and I think Jason's going to be there. And, um, yeah, uh, in, in the chat, we'll also take uh, questions in the chat. So it was a lot of fun because the questions that we yeah. got asked, people in the chat can answer as well. So we kind of all get to have our two cents. Man, I can tell you, like, and I, I do this every time that we have a live stream. I'm like, man, how are we going to get through like an hour and a half? And <laughs> hey, then... The chips fall. We, we never set a time limit. The chips no. always fall out, though. <laughs> and we get through it, or like it's like an hour, 15 minutes in, and then it's like, we could talk for three hours. <laughs> we really could. <laughs> and, and usually, like, the conversations form between us, conversations form with the chat, and it just winds up being a really awesome thing. Like, and I, I really, it's something I've come to enjoy. It's not like I never didn't enjoy it, but mm-hmm. every time I just have that same fear is like, we get 15 minutes in and it's like, uh, uh, <laughs> who wants a body massage? <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? So yeah, it winds up being a lot of fun. So yeah, please, by all means, y'all come and join us on the do it live stream. You can also contact us at contact at longboxcrusade.com via email. We have a Crusaders Club uh, from Patreon. It's $1 a month. You can come join us there. Uh, We give a lot of free stuff away, and we offer a lot of content for that $1 a month. So if you do it, you won't regret it, I promise. Mm -hmm. We got some Crusaders Club members in the chat tonight. Well, at least one. Albert Elvis is a member. We appreciate him. And he said he gave our video a like tonight. So remind everybody to give us a like and uh, give us a subscription if you are not subscribed already and tell a friend. Yeah, please do. We will love it. And Kathleen is ready to sign up for the body massage. (laughs) Jared, before you go, where can you be found, sir? I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Come find me there, or perhaps at your local Sonic. Love a Coney dog. Delvin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DE underscore RAY1977. Instagram, if you want to, at Delvin Ray. And sometimes I'm riding shotgun with Jared, and I'm getting a Sonic blast. Mm. Uh, Oreo, normally, because they are delicious. They are. <laughs> yeah. All right. That wraps it up, everything, everyone. And just remember, new warriors. Come out to play. Come out to play. You tell me your nuts is mighty fine, but I bet your nuts ain't as hard as my selling nuts. Oh, hot nuts. You buy them from the peanut man. Selling nuts. Hot nuts. Anybody here want to buy my nuts? New Warriors, come out to play. Music is provided by musical genius Joe November.
check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. <laughs>